Welcome to Bathing with God. Listener Mailbag. Listener Mailbag. Hey, Quad. Hey, what? I have another question. I know. This time it's not exactly from a listener. It's more like from someone who can't quite bring herself to become a listener. I know. It's my sister. I talked with her yesterday about the book and the podcast, and she said that she doesn't believe in God, and she doesn't want to have to change her beliefs about God. Yes, I know that too. I was there, you know. Yeah, I I know. And thanks for just being chill and taking a back seat during that conversation, by the way. I really just wanted to know where she was coming from, and I appreciated the fact that she shared that with me. She said that she's not that thrilled that I wrote this book, and that I started believing in God again. You probably know a lot of people who feel that way and just haven't told you. Possibly. How does that make you feel? Honestly, I think it's kind of funny. Yes, I feel that too. Why do you think it's funny? Because none of them really know what I mean when I talk about bathing with God. How could they? You don't even know what you mean by it. Touché. You know that reality can never be directly experienced except through your physical senses. And you know that words and symbols are grossly ineffective ways of communicating those perceptions of reality. And you know that perceptions of reality are never anything more than a reflection of your own beliefs, expectations, and biases about what comes into your mind as a very narrow range of sensory data. Data that comes in through your limited, still-evolving physical senses. Yeah, I know. You know that far too often, People use the idea of God to establish a sense of superiority over others, to manipulate others, to shame and guilt and otherwise abuse others, to justify their own fear of and intolerance towards others. Yeah, I know. You know that John Lennon said, God is a concept. That God is a concept. By which we measure. By which we measure our pain. And that was true for John and for many others as well, who focused their attention on those kinds of things. But God is also a concept by which we measure our joy, or our ignorance, or our sense of meaning and belonging in the world. Not everyone uses the idea of God abusively. Most people don't, actually. Most people associate God with love, you know. Yeah, I know. You're starting to sound like me now. I know that too. Maybe that's because you are me. Yep. As you are he. Uh-huh. I think I see where you're going with this. And we are all together. Cuckoo-cachube? Exactly. So, what do you want your sister to know about your belief in God? Whatever she wants to know, I guess. And if she doesn't want to know anything about it? Well, that's fine. All that really matters to me is how she feels about herself, her life, about how all that's going. And she seems really happy with all of it. But won't God be upset if she doesn't believe in him? Very funny. Not any kind of God that I believe in. And what kind of God do you believe in? Mm, The same kind of God that I believed in when I identified as an atheist. Wait a minute. An atheist who believes in God? Not exactly. More like an atheist who places his faith in the scientific inquiry of others more experienced and qualified than him. An atheist who is insatiably curious about the mysteries of life and humanistic principles. 
an atheist who believes in Darwinian evolution as a process that goes on everywhere in the universe, not just on planet Earth, where subatomic energies have come together under certain circumstances to form life and evolve into billions of different species of life, increasing in various forms of intelligence and understanding and experience along the way. An atheist who imagines that this process of subatomic energy evolving and creating life most likely started even before the Big Bang that kicked off this universe, and any other Big Bangs that have kicked off other universes. An atheist who believes that this evolution of subatomic life energy has been going on forever. Interesting. Do you want to share those clips now from Ryan Green and Richard Dawkins? Oh, you mean the ones from Joe Rogan's podcast and Ben Stein's Intelligent Design movie, set to the remix of the Beatles Because that was created by French artist Diderda? Sure, why not? Here's the thing that I've always wanted to ask someone like you. What do you think was happening before the Big Bang? Yeah, there's sort of two ways that I like to think about that question. One is it could have been the first event that sparked the expansion of our part of space. But it could be that there's a grander realm of space within which we sit as a small part. And that grander realm may have been here for a far longer period of time. It may have experienced its own Big Bangs, maybe a collection of Big Bangs that may extend infinitely far into the past. However, another answer is that the very question may not make as much sense as the words seem to suggest. It could be that the Big Bang was the place where time itself started. Time itself started. Hello, Professor Dawkins. I'm Ben Stein. I'm so sorry to keep you waiting. I believe that it is a liberating thing to free yourself from primitive superstitions. So religions are primitive superstitions? Oh, I, I think it is, yes. Well, then who did create the heavens and the earth? Why do you use the word who? You see, you, you, you immediately beg the question by using the word who. Well, then how did it get created? It could be that at some earlier time, somewhere in the universe, a civilization e evolved by probably some kind of Darwinian means to a very, very high level of technology and designed a form of life that they seeded onto perhaps this, this planet. Um, and that designer could well be a higher intelligence from elsewhere in the universe. Well, but that higher intelligence would itself have had to have come about by some explicable or ultimately explicable process. It couldn't have just jumped into existence spontaneously. That's the point. That's the point. So, Quad, as my divine imagination, what do you imagine? when you put all of these different ideas together. As your divine imagination, who speaks for and on behalf of this imagined evolving subatomic energy, here's what I see. This universe that we are in right now is massive. It's still expanding, possibly infinitely expanding. This universe that we are in right now may be one of an infinite number of infinitely expanding universes. The subatomic energy that forms every atom in our bodies, and in everything else for that matter, are not trillions upon trillions of tiny separate bits of energy, electrons, quarks, protons, neutrons, etc., but instead are actually quantumized bundles of energy, like waves on top of an ocean from a massive energy field that fills this entire universe. This massive energy field 
is everything that we experience. It is every bit of existence. It is the naturally, organically, Darwinianly evolving binary code. Instead of ones and zeros, it's up quarks and down quarks that are the lines of program code for this organically evolving simulation that we are all a significantly insignificant part of. Insignificant because our egoic awareness and influence is so small in comparison to everything else that exists. Significant because this energy has never come together to form another entity in any place or any time that is an exact duplicate of who we are, what we experience, and what we make of those experiences. Significant because this energy would not be exactly what it is without the piece of it that is currently you and me. This energy is omniscient. It knows how to be everything that it is. It may even experience, directly through our experience, everything that we experience in ways that we simply are not yet evolved enough as a species to recognize or understand, but can see hints of in the way that DNA, which is also this energy, is formed and passed along through biological reproduction. This energy is omnipotent in the sense that it has the power and potential to become anything and everything that we see in the world around us, including the natural laws or habits of nature that maintain order and also a degree of predictability in the way this energy expresses itself as all of the things that it is. This energy is omnipresent because it is every atom, molecule, cell, organ, system, etc., etc. in this ever-expanding cosmos. This energy is all-loving because it constantly nurtures and supports every atom, molecule, cell, organ, system, etc., etc. that provides us with life. Why not suppose then, as Richard Dawkins himself reasoned, that this energy has been evolving since at least the time of the Big Bang, if not earlier? Maybe it has evolved in the form of advanced civilizations that designed and seeded new forms of life throughout the universe, but I don't need that energy to do that in the form of an advanced civilization from a remote corner of the universe. That energy is doing it right here, right now. Why not look at that energy as the closest thing to God that your skeptical, rational, faithful, cynical, hopeful, naturalistic, nihilistic, atheistic, agnostic, pantheistic, intelligent, ignorant, jumbled mess of contradictions that make up the complexity of your impossible-to-label mind and ever-evolving worldview can show you. Why not look at this energy that is at the core of every atom in your body as some divine fluid-like substance that you are constantly immersed in, inescapably bathing in? If that energy is the omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent creator of all things, isn't that what you are too? Is a snowman anything other than snow? You are made from energy that makes everything. Are you anything other than this energy? Is there anything other than this energy? That is how I see it. That's how your weird imagination has attempted to put Humpty Dumpty back together again without betraying scientific rationalism. Do you think your sister is going to buy any of that? Mm, I think she already does.
She just doesn't like the way that people have used the word God. I'm right there with her. You and I both. Cuckoo kachub. Thank you for listening to Bathing with God. If you like what you just heard and would like to purchase a print or Kindle version of the complete book, search for it on Amazon.com or go to the website bathingwithgod.com. And if you really, really like what you just heard, share it with someone you love and give me a five-star rating on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you use. You can also like our Facebook page and subscribe to the Bathing with God YouTube channel. And if you'd like to reach out to me personally, you can email me, Glenn Osland, at bathingwithgod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And probably so would Quad. Oh yeah, bring it. Thanks again for listening to Bathing Bathing with with God. God.